Hey, Scott. Hey, Nick. Oh, what's up? Why do you look so down? I just... I can't believe Back to the Future Minute is over. Hey, it's okay, man. You got Spider-Man Minute. You got the Doctor's Companion. What more do you want? What? You want your favorite uh, scientist and little uh, little assistant? You want me to do Doc and Marty? <gasps> right? You'll get over it. You'll be fine. Oh, who the hell put this on? It's on random. For God's sake. Look, it's not that I want to keep doing Back to the Future Minute forever. I'm just trying to say that I need something a little more. I want to get out there and do interesting stuff. Podcast a little. And I'd love to be able to do it with you, but I want you to want to do it too. I agree. We should get out there, but what can we do? How about a Cornetto? A Cornetto? Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy. First, we'll start with a bite of Shaun of the Dead. Then, we'll take some shots of hot fuzz, and later, we'll wrap it all up with a couple of pints at the world's end. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! The Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we take car, go to mums, kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, and have a nice cold pint one minute at a time. It all blows over starting with Shaun of the Dead this October at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast that analyzes the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I am Jason Ains. And I'm Doug Greenberg. Today we are joined by Crystal Beth, who is from... Well, why don't you tell us where you're from, Crystal Beth? I am from The Fifth Element and Unlimited Lives Radio. And TheCrystalBeth.com, is that correct? And TheCrystalBeth.com, if you want to go see old, weird sketches I've been in. (laughs) Now we do. (laughs) We'll post some on the listeners page. Yeah, I have to get my podcasts on there. Yeah, yeah, it should be a one-stop shop for all your things. All my things. Are you guys done hijacking my intro? Sorry. (laughs) So today we are knocking out minute 102, which begins with Stu Nahan talking about electricity and ends with Bill Baldwin wondering about Rocky's chances. Hmm. Now, who are Stu Nahan and Bill Baldwin? The fight announcers. Okay. There's, there are no more uh, comments by Rocky or anybody. Well, yeah, there are later on, but now they're like they're they're kind of narrating for us mm-hmm. while all this action is going on. Thank God. You know, you say you, you asked who are who is Stu Nahan. I actually have some info on him. I know, I saw it. That's why I asked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have any info, I would have asked. Uh, he's a sports broadcaster, or he was a sports broadcaster in Los Angeles from the fifties through the nineties. There was an interesting thing I found on his wiki page. Now, when you say he was a sports broadcaster, is he not a sports broadcaster any longer, or is he dead? He is dead. Oh, oh you kidding. R.I.P., friend. Yeah, oh, personnel for our pal, Stu Nahan. He died in December of 2007. So not so long, 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, 10 what years. What did he die of? Cholesterol. Uh-oh. Lymphoma. Oh, God. 
Jay, oh, no. Jay has a crippling fear of cancer. Oh, no. <laughs> so anytime, uh, you know, our director of, of the movie here, who else? There's a, a lot of people in this movie. Um, it was, when we were going over, it was someone's first husband, I think, maybe? Tony Shire's first husband, possibly. And the director, that both died of pancreatic cancer, which is, um, if you're making a list of cancers that you should be afraid of, that's number one. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's, that's, the that's the one, dude. That's the biggie. It's true. One of my friends is in re- remission still for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, my God. Oh, good for her. Man or woman? Woman. Man. Good man. For- man. <laughs> good for him. It's a boy. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I like to hear stories of people in remission. It gives you hope. Yeah, yeah, a little victory story. Did you see, um, there was a story on the news yesterday. Well, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> as of this recording. As of this recording. Um, who, the guy won, he was from New York, he won the lottery. Not won the lottery, I'm sorry, he won um, a, a million dollars on an instant ticket. Or like one of those rub-offs. Like a couple weeks ago. Maybe like two, three weeks ago. He, they had him on the news. You know, he won a million dollars on the instant ticket or whatever. And he was on there talking about like all his plans. Like they were gonna, he was going to go on vacations and buy this and buy that and it was going to change him and his family's life forever whatever well they had a report on yesterday dead in less than three weeks oh my god from, uh. they said all they said was that shortly after winning the thing he went to the doctor and got diagnosed with stage four liver cancer and is already dead <laughs> in a matter weeks? of weeks dude. yeah I think, I think it was like three Jesus. weeks so that, that, that so just, it literally changed his life Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then they were showing the old news report from where he was like, when he won, and he was like, you know, we're going to do this. And I was watching it going, oh, Ooh. no friends. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not doing, you're any, not doing any of that. Also, when you win a million dollars, it's not like you continue to get the million dollars. You will eventually spend it and not have any money. So if you're going to live your life differently, your life is going to end up worse. Yeah. A million dollars stretched out over 20 years, or even 10 years, is $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I mean... Sure, a nice salary for 10 years, but, I mean, that's before taxes, and you can blow through yeah. that very quickly. You have to live within your means. Yeah, you're not retiring right. on that, on a million dollar I've price. already planned out my life if I won every, like, if I won 1 million, 5 million, 10 million, 15 million, 20 million, up to a billion. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I think um, anything between... One in five million. Like, you have to keep your job, yeah. and you can't go out and bike strat. Like, you have to just live your life and just put that away and, and use it to enjoy some little things. It's not enough to change mm. your life, I don't think. Interesting. Five million is my quit my job. I think I can I think I think can live off five million. Yeah? Yeah. How's that working out for you? Uh, it's not. I don't have <laughs> money. <laughs> I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to win the lottery one day, but I never play. So I don't know how I will ever win. <laughs> Somebody's going to win and just hand you a couple mil, see? Here you go. For being a supportive friend, family member, or whatever. Uh, so our pal, Stu Nahan, he originally began working on a children's television program. Creep. Appearing as Skipper Stu in Sacramento in the 50s. Creep. Skipper Stu. Skipper Stu. <laughs> he worked for KCRA in Sacramento as a sportscaster. Like, how do you go from children's programming to sportscasting? But then he later moved to the great state of New Jersey. Oh, did he now? Haddonfield, New Jersey, where he hosted his own children's show as Captain Philadelphia, dressed in an astronaut outfit <laughs> on the now defunct WKBS TV. I gotta find some a picture of him dressed in an astronaut outfit <laughs> as, as Captain Philadelphia. <laughs> that tickled me. Doesn't seem like it tickled anybody else, so let's move on. <laughs> but he has um He's appeared in the first five Rocky films as a sports um, mm-hmm. the fight announcer. 
uh, and Rocky Balboa. Uh, um, he was voice only Rocky Balboa in the computerized fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 13 IMDb credits. They're all newscaster, Ooh. commentator, sports announcer, all that kind of. Um, he was uh, typecast. Yeah, typecast. Thank you. I was looking for that word. Uh, the other gentleman is Bill Baldwin. He's had a more successful acting career. He has 165 acting credits from the 50s oh, to, the, to the 80s. A lot of them were like reporter, newsman, announcer, but not all. Not all. He's done other things too. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Because nobody gives a shit. What else we got? Are you done with them? Announcers? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That was like, I think we lost half the audience. That was like, ugh, that was script reading. It was like five hey, minutes. Those of, are important things to know. I like hearing what people's IMDb credits are or how many they have. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Jay doesn't like a lot of things I do on this show. I, I, the only thing I ever said I don't like was when you read, and I, I don't like it, when you read the script from the script. And I do that a lot, so <laughs> you don't like a lot of the Is things. Is there any script like, reading uh, coming up? Uh, I don't think so. There's not a lot of talking coming up. Just uh, the narration of the, the fight, which you can't really mess that up. Yeah, that there was... Uh, I mean, later on, there's... When we see uh, one of the famous fighters that makes an appearance, Joe Frazier. I have, uh, I have one thing I want to throw in here real quick. Yeah, uh, throw it. So earlier, <clears throat> I mentioned how with the pink robes, how I read something somewhere along the way that... Um, that they that were a, washed at something red and they changed colors or whatever. I, I remember reading it. I can't really find it anymore. But I definitely you said that about Rocky's robe after the Spider-Man Maybe that's what fight. I'm talking about. Because I'm looking at this scene. It doesn't make sense because if you look at the pink robes, the writing on the robe is it's also red. in red. Yeah. So you wouldn't have red on red. So that maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing it up with the Rocky's robe. From misremembered. I, mi- I possibly misremembered that. So just, just a thought. Just want to mm-hmm. clear that up. This, they're still ugly, the robes. <laughs> 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 so Rocky throws up his hood, uh, revealing the advertisement Paulie was talking ah, about. This was I thought, uh, Crystal, we've been exploring some themes for maybe some Rocky Minute t-shirts. And ah, I, that's a good one. You don't even need to finish. Ours. <laughs> we, we call it dibs. Well, it, it but somebody already did. Oh, it already exists? Yeah, you sh- son of a... Already? <laughs> Uh, the, just mentioned it. The Shamrock. Who meets. is it? Crystal Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's why Crystal I love Beth's it. Line um, of Shamrock meat shirts. Putting them into production now, but if you guys are doing the Shamrock meat, then at the bottom it has to say Stallion at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Like on the ass like part of the where, shirt, where it hangs down <laughs> by the butt, because that's what's well, funny. All my clothes say Stallion across the ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't want it written in your own hand. You want to get it printed oh. like that. And it's all the inside of my pants, nothing on the outside. <laughs> so Mickey asks him, what the hell is that? I trained you to be a fighter, not a billboard. And Rocky says, I'm doing it for a friend. See, even after all of Paulie's transgressions in this movie, they're still friends. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts on that, Crystal? Because Paulie has, has time and time again just been... Like a selfish asshole to Rocky, and Rocky always comes back to forgive him in the end. That's what friends do. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of friends like that. Mm-hmm. Friend that's just like this selfish, just mean, not the nicest to me, but when they need something, I'm like, all right, well, it's no skin off my back to help. Yeah, right. You end up being the bigger person in the end. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes people just get confused and they want more, and especially when they start getting older and they think they've failed at life like why not give them a chance it's not like they didn't help before Hmm. it's nice of you that's actually a 
an angle we haven't really explored because we keep been, the whole time been saying that Paulie's selfish and doesn't really deserve a chance at Rocky's corner because all he keeps doing is fucking up and you know expecting the forgiveness in the end. But you know, he's 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 also helping him too. Like he's not. It's not coming from a place of malice every time. He gets frustrated and is like, "No, I don't want to help someone that's not helping themselves." Mm-hmm. Hmm. Selves helping themselves. <laughs> <laughs> We got you. We got it. Selves. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, Paulie's at yeah. Paulie's at um, a middle age in his life, and he really hasn't done anything. So, why not help him? Right. Hmm. Plus, that's yeah. what friends do. Hmm. Yeah, and he's not like I said. He's not mean. He's not a mean guy. He's not. He's just going through some stuff in life, and they're best friends. They've probably been friends for a really long time, and sometimes you overlook things. Uh, he did throw a turkey out in the. That's pretty mean. Throwing a turkey in the alley on Thanksgiving is mean and smashing all, well, it was his own, most of his own stuff. Uh, they should have had ham. So. Mm. On Thanksgiving? Okay no. You have turkey. I don't like turkey. Oh. <laughs> on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm not a poultry fan. I mean, I'll eat turkey sandwiches, but I'll never eat the turkey when we're, I'll just eat all the sides. You like one of those honey glazed hams? Honey glazed hams. I love ham. Oh, man. Got a ham you can throw in the oven real yeah, quick, Jack. Yeah, a honey glazed ham right in the, in the uh, fridge. So, uh, so Mickey asks Rocky, "What does he get out of it?" Paulie gets three grand. I get the robe. That's a shitty deal. A shitty deal. And <laughs> as, as Mickey points out, shrewd. But uh, in the script, if I make touch on it real quick, Jay. You just said there were no script readings coming. <laughs> I'm not. Ah, <laughs> I'm not reading. Tricked you. <laughs> If uh, I, I, I before we started recording this episode, I put my kid to sleep so that he sleeps through while we're recording. I would have just waited for you to read the script and you could have put him to sleep with that. <laughs> I bet there's a fan or two out there that likes my script readings. Uh, but in the script, the sign on his robe is Pennzoil. Oh. That's it. Moving on. Oh, it's nap time. <laughs> I put him to sleep that quickly. Uh, the announcers are talking about fighting styles. He quotes a recent magazine saying it could be the caveman against the cavalier. Rocky being the caveman, I'm sure. sure. Apollo's more of a finesse kind of fighter, I, I guess. He's, he's very. I, I, I don't. I've never heard cavalier used in this t- context. You know anything about fighting crystal? No. <laughs> I was going to say the the cavalier. How would a cavalier? How would the word cavalier be used to describe a fighter? Caveman, you get some I get like that. I, I don't know some of like I guess Apollo. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> a cavalier, like a showboaty, but not like arrogant showboater. Just a he's he, you know a, pre, a, a someone who can present themselves well and graceful. Maybe that's uh, I have I have five definitions of the word cavalier in front of me. Are they from Urban Dictionary? No, none of them from Urban Dictionary. Damn, I'm going with Real Dictionary here. Urban Dictionary is our go-to um, source. One is a supporter of King Charles I in the English Civil War. Okay, that doesn't fit. One is a country gentleman, especially one acting as a lady's escort. Mm. One is a horseman. One is a small spaniel breed with a moderately long, non-curly silky coat. Ooh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is showing... A- a lack of proper concern, like Annie was irritated by his cavalier attitude. So which of those ah, fits? Maybe that last one, cavalier attitude, because he doesn't give Rocky a chance. He says he's going to drop this chump in three. Mm, yeah. I think you're reaching there, man. Let's see what our friends at Urban Dictionary have to say about cavalier. Cavalier, you, you, you kind of 
it has like a like a, a royalty sort of connotation to it. No. All right. So, in in the Dungeons and Dragons world, um, oh. it's the most badass warrior type. In the Golden Compass series, Cavalier is a really bomb ass Galavespian. Mm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so the in his Dark Materials with. By Philip Pullman. Mm-hmm. He's one of the Galavispians, which are a tiny, tiny human. Like, they look like humans, but they're tiny, so they make great spies, and they're ruthless. Like hobbits? Uh, no, no, no. Like, four inches high. Oh. <laughs> That's tiny. tiny. That is tiny. Like, they can fit in a pocket. Oh, okay. All that right. makes sense, though, because a couple on Urban Dictionary, uh, on Urban Dictionary, uh, uh, the first couple do relate to warrior, a warrior mm-hmm. type the thing. However... You know, Urban Dictionary never never lets you down. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other definition of cavalier in Urban Dictionary is uh, of or relating to the act of pleasuring oneself. Oh. Um, and it also refers to an uncircumcised penis or someone with an uncircumcised penis. Really? Yes. So, I've never heard that. Yeah. I, Those dirty boys at Urban it, it Dictionary. <laughs> it, also insert, it also could mean a douchebag who doesn't care about anything and thinks that other people getting hurt is funny. <laughs> Oh. See, I guess maybe I don't know the proper definition of this word because I always thought it was like not that bad. Like if so, I just described someone who was like a little bit showboaty but wasn't a jerk, but I guess I was wrong. Like confidence, like confidence isn't a bad yeah. thing. Well, huh? Well, I mean, we, we can't always hold Urban Dictionary up as the authority on all things. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, but even even the just the regular definition, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not. Yeah, that's what I'm. But I don't understand why. I, as soon as they, as soon as I was listening to this and I heard him say the word, I, you know, whenever somebody says something like that, I I was looking up right away and I couldn't find anything that fits except except for the Urban Dictionary, the warrior aspect. I get it, mm-hmm. but I I would think Rocky's more of a warrior. You know. Well, that the the, the caveman kind of title fits him. Yeah, yeah, no, he's obviously the caveman. And that you can picture, like, you can picture Rocky yeah. fighting like a caveman. Yeah. In fact, he dresses like a caveman in Rocky, too. Uh, unless. <laughs> for a commercial. Allegedly. Uh, unless the um, the first definition was, like, a, a support of, like, King Charles. Maybe they, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, maybe they were, like, uh, sophisticated and, and they say Apollo's more sophisticated and technique-oriented. And, uh, I don't know. Finesse? Like, more finesse? I have no idea. Why don't we call Stu Nahan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't. <He's, laughs> he passed. I don't know. I, I don't see how the word fits. But well, I was kind of in the same boat as Crystal Beth, where I was thinking like mm-hmm. confident. Too. Confident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the crowd starts stirring a bit as a spotlight lights up Rocky from overhead. Mm-hmm. How about Paulie running up to him? Tells him, "Look at my date. She cost me two hundred bucks." And then the girl goes two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he is very sharply dressed. So I'm I'm, I'm assuming that so Paulie got three thousand dollars for the robe, and the first thing he does is go out and buy a nice suit and a two hundred fifty dollar date. <laughs> date or hooker or hooker. Um, um escort is what they're called. Oh, 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 sorry. How? Because they don't necessarily have to have sex, but they can. Oh. In 1976, I'm going to say hooker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, we are recording this in 2018, so let's be politically correct about All it. Right. Escort. Escort. A working gal. A working gal. There you go. Uh, thanks for bringing us back to uh, reality here. I mean, that's why I'm here, clearly. 
Yeah, yeah. Not for your charming attitude and funny jokes. No, no. No. Just to, not definitely to not. keep us grounded. Yes. <laughs> so Rocky obviously, you know, focused on the fight and not Paulie's $250 escort. <laughs> uh, he says, I got to go. I got to work. And Paulie asks him, how, how about the robe? Or, or how's the robe? He says, a little baggy. Again, mm. comment number two on the baggy robe. Get over the robe. You know, now when... I don't watch a whole lot of boxing now, but don't the fighters come out boxing? with their gloves already on? What? You watch any boxing? Some. Not a lot. <laughs> uh, every boxing match I've ever seen in my life, the fighters come out with their gloves already on. Yeah. Because it takes a while. Because they like, take forever to put on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't and want anyone to see the razor after. blades that are in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they don't, they don't have their boxing gloves on. Uh, but this is one of those moments where I said the uh, the ring is very dark on purpose. Mm-hmm. All they did for all these crowd shots was just move the extras around to the different areas where they're going to film. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, the arena or theater, uh, as some would call it, is, uh, <laughs> is completely empty. I wanted to point out something. We, we have a good, when Rocky goes to a little girl who's waving the American flag, a good shot of Al Savani, the cut man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know we already covered Al Savani. Oh. We're gonna gonna no. We already no, covered we El Savani. Yes, <laughs> um, this is a weird world we live in. <laughs> um, we already and I, and I didn't see this at the time, but I read this just uh, recently. El Savani, who plays Rocky's Cutman, had played the Cutman to another boxer named Rocky twenty years prior to this. He in the movie Somebody Up There Likes Me. He was the Cutman to uh, Rocky Graziano, who was played by Paul Newman at the time. And it was considered Paul Newman's breakthrough role, just like Rocky was for Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the sky's the magic maker. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in making a name for yourself in a, in a boxing movie, you have to get Al Silvani. Didn't we also read that he was the real-life trainer for Rocky Graziano, too? What? Real-life trainer. <laughs> I don't remember that. But. You know, because we, when we, I did, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna did you dream this? Did you dream this one night? <laughs> Al Silvani is, is in my dreams. <laughs> honestly, that happens to me all the time. I dream such mundane BS that mm-hmm. I will think that it is a real thing that happened. Where I'll be like, John, was I talking to you about tomatoes last night? And he's like, oh. <laughs> we have not talked about tomatoes ever. Ever. <laughs> and I'm like, I swear to God, I was talking to tomatoes about someone. Or talking about tomatoes to someone. <laughs> And then I'd be like, oh, I dreamt that, right? I'm crazy. Yeah, so your dreams are that vivid where it seems yeah. like real life? Did you? Yeah. You, I, I probably, like, uh, I want to say almost nightly, like, where I have dreams are, where something happens, it's so vivid that, like, you wake up and you're, like, relieved that that was just oh. a dream. You're like, holy oh, wow, yeah. thank God. Like when I dream about telling off the boss. <laughs> yes. That happens all the time. Um, Al Silvani. As one of the most sought-after trainers in the business, real-life trainers, Silvani trained over 20 world champions, including Jake LaMotta, Henry Armstrong, blah, 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 Rocky Graziano. Oh, look at that. So he was a real-life trainer, and he played his trainer in the movie? No, he plays Cut Man in the movie. Cut Man, <laughs> trainer, corner man, whatever. And All lost right. Paul, well, that movie lost Paul Newman's <clears throat> So he is the magic maker. Mm-hmm. Good call. Uh, Still going through the crowd, shaking hands. So Rocky, yeah, he he walks as he walks. We hear the announcer say that he's a fifty to one underdog. Uh, says he's that's a lot of odds. Yeah, that's that I think is, it should be more. Yeah, fifty to one. I, I get it. They're probably you know, you know. So they're giving Rocky that one. So basically, if they fought fifty one times, 
Rocky would only win once out of those 51. Do you think that's too high or too low? Do you think, like, it, 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 Apollo Creed being the heavyweight champion and Rocky being, you know, just a bum from the streets, that, that Apollo Creed should beat him every time? Or do you think they leave that one for, like, some freak incident? Or do you think maybe it's too too high? And maybe I mean, Rocky they, could win three or four out of, out of 51. Did you see him punching raw meat till his knuckles bled? That's crazy. You have to factor in the crazy factor. (laughs) I know, but like the fact that you will punch. If I punch something and it hurts my wrist, I stop. Yeah, yeah. Like if my knuckle gets scraped, I'm like, ow. And I like rub it for an hour and a half. This is like uh, the Hunger Games with Katniss when she fires an arrow at all the guys in the top. And then they're like, oh, wait, she wasn't that scary. But now we think she's scary because she has attitude. Maybe it's the same thing with odds. Rocky I, is Katniss, I, is what I'm saying. I, I picture you punching raw meat and the meat coming back and hitting you and knocking your glasses off your face. Oh, I'd be like, oh no, I'm a nerd. <laughs> like, I can't even beat raw meat. Uh, yep. All right, so but I, I think they're, that's what they're doing. They're leaving the, the one win for the crazy factor, but. I think boxing technique should what should you should if you're a technical boxer and you're a good boxer and you're the heavyweight champ you should be able to to overcome that that craziness that just throwing punches kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe he does. We'll see. I uh, you don't know. We don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. Uh, I am looking for something here. So talk amongst yourselves. Hmm. That's why you prep before. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you don't know what's going to come up, like uh, Hunger true. Games. <laughs> I've never seen Hunger. Yeah, Games. actually, Hunger—that—that that is the inaugural reference to Hunger Games on the show. So, uh, Hunger Games are really good books, and the first Hunger Games movie was fine, I suppose. But the books are really good. The movies didn't lend itself to them. Well, if you're going to describe someone in the book as having olive skin and green eyes, maybe do that. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Only because it's like just you whitewashed again. They do. They do that a lot. In books, mm. like you, you know, you, you if you read a book and you picture a character one way, and then they make a movie at it out of it, and the character's completely different than what you pictured, it kind of yeah. Kinda th- and with movies, books to movies, I don't care if you don't get every single part of the book in the movie, or even mm-hmm. some of the par- parts of the book in the movie. But if you make me feel the same way I felt reading it, and you can get the themes of the movie, that is what matters to me. And I think sure. that there's a lot that like. Uh, Lord of the Rings. They cut out mm-hmm. a lot, but yeah, watching that yeah. movie, I felt how I felt reading it. My thing about the Lord of the Rings movies was the scores. The score made that. Oh. Made, oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I, I was going to agree. I was like, for sure, which helped make me feel how I felt when totally, I was reading yeah. it. Yep, 100%. I like agreeing on stuff. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, we'll call into a Lord of the Rings minute and tell them how we feel about that. You've been oh on. Gosh. Were you on? You were on Lord of the Rings, minute, weren't you? Yes, I was on uh, for the Fellowship of the Ring, Fellowship. and I have not mm-hmm. done the Two Towers. But it's also one of those things where I've just been like, just let me know when you want me. I and I always tell people, I'm like, I do not have a specific set of minutes. Just stick me wherever you want. And I have a feeling that they have time to fit you in because yeah, <laughs> what, what do they have about uh, two hundred and it's almost four hours long, correct? Yeah, it's they're two hundred and. What thirty minutes or two hundred and twenty something minutes? So yeah, they have time to fit you in. Yeah, <laughs> all of us, every minute by minute host can do a stint on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, by themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So we're covering a little movie called Rocky here. <laughs> uh, Rocky is a, is living a Cinderella story. He's captured people people's imaginations all over the world. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rocky grabs the American flag from the little girl and waves it around a few times. But then gives it back. Yeah, gives it back. He doesn't steal it. Uh, everybody, all the fans are, are shaking his hand. Now, nowadays, when you see a, a fighter introduced, they have such a big entourage that you can barely pick out the fighter in the middle of right. it. And there's no way that the fans that are standing on the aisle can touch him. No. No. Because they could have anything in their hands. It's dangerous. It yeah. Is, it is dangerous. It is. 100% dangerous. But here, Rocky's greeting all the fans. His pal, Mr. Gazzo. He's not worried. They're all his friends. They all love him. There's only like 15 people in this thing. <laughs> Use your all imagination. All of them are his friends. That's the Philadelphia Spectrum. They hold, it held about 19,000 or so. so or 19, imagination. period. <laughs> 19 extras. Uh, his friend, Mr. Gazzle, greets him, calls him champ. I think that might be the first time somebody calls him champ, right? Not the, <laughs> not the last. Uh, Rocky's thrilled to see him. Thanks him for coming. We, we contend that Mr. Gazzo, this mob boss that he worked for, was the only one that ever really believed in Rocky before, um, you know, before he got this chance at the big fight. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's really happy to see him. And the announcer goes over Rocky's record. 44 victories, 38 by knockout, and he's lost 20 fights, which, wow, that's unimpressive. Right. No. He lost 20 fights, but yet Very you know, middle 50 to 1. 50 to one. Mm. Yeah. And the and the fights that he's fought, like he, you know, he's a professional fighter, and I guess there's many degrees to how professional somebody is. Mm-hmm. You know, he was fighting in that. You see that dirty, smoky little club he was fighting in in the beginning of the movie. That was a professional fight in front of what twenty people, maybe. So one more than there is in this arena. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Use your imagination, Jay. I'm using it. Let me. Um, are you going to the script? Hold on. When you, when you start, let me, um, it's like, let me um, open up the script here. Uh-huh. Hey, looking at the script for The Fifth Element, it was my favorite thing because it was so different from the movie. Thank you, Crystal Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Jay hates it. <laughs> but I love these parts because, you know, you, I'm not reading anything that was already in the movie because it's already in the movie. You're Boring. reading the things that are different. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Thank the, God for rewrites. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's come up many times, too. One of the commentators says, a, a point of interest is that the fight is being beamed to more than 750 million fans in theaters in nearly every corner of the world. 750 million? I what? knew it was in a theater. <laughs> well, we, uh, a few weeks, let's see, I'm trying to think about how, how long it ago it was at the time of this recording, but let's say a month or so, a month and a half ago, we had Pete Mummert on of the Indiana Jones Minute. I love him. His love whole him. family, everyone. Mummerts are good people. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met the Mummerts? Some of them. Yeah. Ho- hoping uh, this year at the convention we'll be, I'll be able to meet all the people that we've had on the show. Yeah. He looked up a thing about closed circuit uh, broadcasts of the fights, mm-hmm. where back in the 60s and 70s, um, people would go to movie theaters. They would pay to watch the fight in a movie theater where they would have the, uh, like, shown a movie, except it's the fight. Get he did this works. on our show? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say this. That might have been one of those moments you were flipping through your phone, uh, but it was cl- uh, closed circuit broadcasting. 
That's so cool. Yeah, and, and it's something that, you, I mean, it was completely foreign to me. I was like blown away by it because it never happens now. Mm-hmm. But here, when they say a point of interest is that the fight is being beamed to more than 750 million fans in theaters in nearly every corner of the world. 750 million people. Is that is that even possible? It's a lot. Three, yeah, right? And and are they saying that's just in the in these, these closed-circuit broadcasts, these theaters? They're not counting the nine, 19 that are there. <laughs> How many? How, how, what's the number? What? 750 million. All right. So, so they're saying 750 million people watch this fight. When in, usually one of the most watched events of the, is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl right. And uh, the average viewer for the Super Bowl is 111.9 million. Jeez. Right. Yeah. That is that, not the same amount of people. <laughs> not even close. You're talking about three quarters of a billion people. What about the, the, big, the, uh, like make big fights? Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. The uh, McGregor. Um, Hold on a second. So, Super Bowl Fifty, which was the third most watched television program in United States history, was one hundred fourteen million. And that, I mean, Super Bowl is strictly really? a, a USA, maybe Canada thing. I don't. I, I can't picture many people in. Oh wait, <clears> hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, if you're talking worldwide, like boxing is a worldwide sport. I'm sorry, 114 million watched last year's Super Bowl. Look up the Mayweather. Uh, only McGregor 3 fight. million people watched the Mayweather and McGregor fight. Oh, really? Oh, boy. That's yeah. not even close. Oh, I know. 3 million people watched it illegally. 50 oh. million people <laughs> oh. watched it. Oh, geez. Even that's not even close. So 53 total, now, yeah. Are you saying that the 3 million illegal aliens watched it or 3 million oh. watched it illegally? <laughs> <laughs> For the uh, this is 2018, so Jay. Illegal. Crystal, please ground us again. <laughs> Bring so us back uh, they're not many... considered illegals. They're immigrants, and they're trying to find a better life. Uh, Gosh. Oh, yeah, right, right. Well, they are... Jay, go sit in timeout. Oh. <laughs> How many people? No, all right. So n- n- we're also in a, in a time when, when boxing isn't the only thing on TV. Look up, like, one of – look up um, – well, wait, hold on a second. Three, Ali three, Frazier. Three, Look three up point, the Thriller in Manila. 3.2 billion watched the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Oh. But that's soccer's worldwide. So it's boxing. True. So 750 Not million? as big as soccer, though. Yeah, soccer that's true. Huge. And the World Cup, that's pretty much... 200, two, or 2 billion people? That's a lot. That's a lot of freaking people. Um, I want to see... 2.4. Yeah, <clears> that is a lot. 3.2 3. billion. Six million watched the 2011 British royal wedding. <laughs> How many people watched the thriller? Oh Jesus, in God! Uh, this is this is too. This is getting too difficult. Yeah. All right. So 750 million people. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, Either way, this is a right, lie. Uh, you know. I guess we can move on. Where am I at in my notes? Ooh, that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I yeah, think that was the over. end of the minute. Uh, the only other note I have is the expression on Mickey's face. 2.1 billion people have watched Blank Space by Taylor Swift on YouTube. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> wow. Oh, we're in. Yeah, a lot of those could be repeats. Yeah, it wasn't 2 billion people. 3 billion watched. Despacito. <laughs> 3 billion watched Despacito. I, I think I'm in that 3 billion. I think I watched Despacito. <laughs> Probably a bunch of kids rewatching it, too. Oh, Gangnam Style. That I'm definitely in that 2.9 billion. You've watched Gangnam Style? You, who hasn't? <laughs> Oh yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, we've gone thirty-seven minutes. So let's oh, let's geez. call it a day. <laughs> uh, Crystal. Yes. 
You can follow me on social media at The Crystal Beth and listen to my podcast, The Fifth Element and Unlimited Lives Radio on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Rocky Minute. Uh, our listeners group on Facebook is Mighty Mix. Our email is rockyminute at gmail.com. And we are on iTunes. Or, but it's Apple Podcast now. I didn't know, even know they changed the name of it. But swing over there. Give us a, what, what do they say, read, rate, and review? No, not read. Something rate and review. We're going to have a mailbag episode at the end of this. So send all your, uh, you want to yell at us for being culturally insensitive in 2018? Please, we will read that live on the air. So we'll um, see you tomorrow when we cover Minute 103 with Crystal on a brand new episode of Rocky Minute.